talk about, I want to teach Romans chapter 8. There's a guy on TV, David Jeremiah, a white-haired guy, and, he's, and he called it the, I, I haven't watched his program, uh, but I have heard him introduce it, and he said, the greatest chapter in the Bible. And so when you when you hear about that, you're thinking, mm, I need to dig around in this a little bit myself and find any resources I can find. And this is what I noticed, that in Romans chapter 5, the Holy Spirit is mentioned in verse 5. Other than that, the Holy Spirit's not talked about until chapter 8, and then he's talked about 19 times. 19 times in one chapter, the Holy Ghost. So then you go back and you read uh, Romans chapter 7, and you hear Paul's dilemma. And it's been hours too. The thing that I want to do, I don't do. The things that I don't want to do, I always find myself doing. Oh, wretched man that I am, who's going to help me with this mess? But then the very next verse is Romans 8.1. Therefore, so it's a continuation of thought. It's not a new thought. And it says, therefore, there is now... And the word now is the word noon. It's present tense. It never changes. So it's now all the time now. There's now no condemnation. There's now no condemnation. It's kind of like when you watch Jesus get baptized and he came up from the water and God said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, even though he hadn't done anything yet. When you got water baptized, he said the same thing about you. You identify with the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And so he's well pleased with you. He's well pleased with you right now. There is no condemnation, okay? You're looking at me funny. No, but it says, For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus made me free from love, death, sin, and death. Number two, but again, now is present tense. And then when it says no condemnation, it's, it's the word Otis. And it means not even one. Are you here? Yeah. Not even one. There's not one thing against you. Not one thing. Ooh. Hallelujah. The condemning is the cater. It's called caterima. And it's all our punishment was placed upon Jesus. This is why the Holy Spirit's mentioned 19 times in this chapter. Because we walk in the Spirit. We're spirit beings. We're not, we're not that guy anymore, that girl anymore. And this is why he would say in Galatians 3.13, if any man, you know, he said, what's, what's it say in Galatians 3.13? Christ has made us. We've been redeemed from, we've been redeemed from, you've been redeemed from the curse of the law because Christ was made a curse for you so that the blessings of Abraham would come upon you. With that in mind, let's go back to Deuteronomy chapter 28 and see what's, what's there with us. Pull out my dagger. This is my sword. Here's my dagger right here. Redeemed from the crystal law, Deuteronomy 28, right? So what are we redeemed from? It starts in verse 14. 15. If you do not obey the Lord your God and do not carefully follow his commands, all these bad things will happen to you. These curses will come upon you and overtake you. But but if you're redeemed from that, then all you have is the blessing, right? We need to read the blessing. 
If you fully obey the Lord your God, you couldn't, but he did. Jesus fulfilled the law being made a curse for us that the blessing would come. So what's the blessing? Well, this is just a part of it here. If I, I'll give you this. He said, I will set you on high above all the nations of the earth. All these blessings will come on you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. You'll be blessed in the city, blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed. All the crops of your land and your young of your livestock will be blessed. The calves of your herds and lambs and flocks, your basket or your bank account, your needing store. You'll be blessed when you come in. Blessed when you go out. <laughs> the Lord will grant that your enemies will rise up against you. They'll be defeated before you. They'll come against you in one direction and run away in seven. The Lord will send a blessing upon your barns or your bank accounts, everything you put your hand to. The Lord will bless you in the hand he's giving you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people as he promised. He will establish you as a holy people. Hallelujah. He will establish you as a holy people. Then all the peoples of the earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall fear you. The Lord will grant you abundant prosperity in the fruit of your womb, your young of your livestock, your crops, your ground, in the land that he swore unto your ancestors to give to you. The Lord will open up the heavens, the storehouse of his bounty, and send rain to your land in a season. Bless all the work of your hands, and you will lend and not borrow. See, because I'm convinced that no one has a money problem. What we have is an obedience problem. You know, if, if people would do the word of God, it would work. And so what, what's it mean to obey the Lord? It means to receive what he's already given to you. So with that in mind, let's go back to Romans chapter 8. The blessings of Deuteronomy are now yours. And we, we receive what we don't deserve because Jesus took what we did deserve made a curse for us that the blessing would come. Hallelujah. For what the law could not do because it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. That's 8.2, right? Romans 8.2. For what the law could not do because the law... Now, the law wasn't weak. Matter of fact, Paul the Apostle said... The law was holy, and the law was the schoolmaster to bring you to Christ. So there was nothing wrong with the law, um, except for the fact that it couldn't save you. But it needed somebody to fulfill the law so that you could receive the blessing, so that, so that he, would, he would receive the curse of all mankind, that the blessing would come upon you. Yep. So the law was perfect, but we were weak, Paul the Apostle said. He said that in Romans 7, 12, he condemns sin in the flesh. He condemns sin in the flesh through Jesus. Jesus became the curse. This is important stuff. I hope you understand. That 8, 4. The righteousness which is of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit, the righteousness which is of the law, be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Holy Ghost. We are now seeking to follow the Lord by the power of the Holy Ghost. By the power of the Holy Ghost. So this is not a flesh and blood thing. No. 
matter of fact, you know, when he says be strong, he says, ever notice he says be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. We get this idea we got to do these things ourselves. No, you can't. You can't do it, but you can receive it. You can receive what he did and not struggle. The struggle should be over. It really should be. Example in my life is, you know, when we sold our house, um, I had the ability to buy anything that I wanted. Well, I mean, not a jet, but I mean, I had the money there to buy something, and I could not think of one thing that I wanted because I've learned to be content. My Jeep, my Jeep is, um, I don't know how old, five, six years old. You know what? And I'm really happy with my Jeep. And, uh, and what I'm saying is when you learn to be content with such things as you have, it's just a wonderful thing to be able to, it's like now, you know, the, the sale of the building and all that. Like, who gives a rip? No, no, if it's really going, then God's got something better. We don't, there's, like, there's no struggle in any of this stuff. Why? Because if God be for us, who can be against us? <laughs> God is on my side so that I can boldly say, if God be for me, who can be against me? And so, and here's something else that I've noticed. I, uh, I said this to somebody the other day. I said, the new smell goes out of your car. You know, the new doesn't last long. And so, you know, it's not about getting something new. It's about getting something in. Yes. It's about changing on the inside. It's, it's receiving what he's already done for us. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So he says in verse... Uh, Yeah, Paul said this in, in Romans 8, 3. He said, the law was perfect. We were weak. Paul said that the law is holy in Romans 7, 12. And he condemned, but he condemned sin in the flesh of Jesus. He can, your sin was put on him. 8, 4, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit, we are now seeking to follow the Lord by the power of the Holy Ghost. And, you know, when it says walk, it's, it, it's the word peripateo, and it's talking about a lifestyle, learning how to walk in, in the freedom of the spirit and not in the flesh. And how would I know I'm in the flesh? Because I feel guilty, because I feel ashamed, because I'm taking something on. Oh, I'm so ashamed. No, you're not ashamed. You, you get rid of all that. Should I feel conviction? Yeah, conviction is good because it leads me to repentance. But, but never any guilt and never any shame. Never any guilt, never any shame. Never any guilt, never any shame. Never. Why? Because he, could, he took it. He became sin for us who knew no sin. He became sin that I'd be made the righteousness of God in him. I'm the righteousness of God, whether I look like it or whether I don't. Hallelujah. Whether I act like it or whether I don't. The righteousness of God. Hallelujah. And when it talks about parapipto, their lifestyle, I had to learn how to walk in sin, and now I'm learning how to walk out my righteousness, but I'm still just practicing. Do I get it right all the time? No. 
But, the, but I have 1 John 1, 9. I have promises. And, and not only that, 1 John 1, 9 is great. But what is really great is I'm learning how to follow the Holy Ghost and not my flesh. And I'm practicing. Practicing every day. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Parapateo, lifestyle. 8.5 says this, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they are after the Spirit mind the things of the Spirit. So, so really what he's saying here is keep your mind, your prono, on spiritual things. How do I do that? Well, you know, Second Corinthians chapter 10 is a good way. There's lots of verses that you can do, you know, you know that, that I that I cast down imaginations, everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bring my thought life into captivity to obey the word of God. I can do that, right? I can just make sure that how do I, and again, I'm walking in the flesh when I'm, when I'm trying to change things myself, when I'm feeling guilty about something that's been happening, any of that kind of stuff is flesh. And then verse eight, uh, chapter eight, verse five says, they live after the flesh. Mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, mind the things of the spirit. Keeping your mind on spiritual things. It, it, so it really, the word prono, P-H-R-O-N-E-O, means to exercise your mind in a particular direction. But exercise, what does that mean? Practice, right? So you're, how are you going to feel, babe, when you're just practicing Hallelujah. Look at this. Yeah. Yeah. John 6, 63. Come on. The words that, you know, he said, what does John 6, 63 say? The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. His words. So when I'm meditating his word, day and night, I make them way prosperous, I have good success. His words are his words are spirit to me. His words are life to me. His words are spirit. When you put his word in, it brings life to you. Amen. Second Corinthians ten four. What does that say? Casting down imaginations, everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing your thought life into captivity to obey the word. To obey the word, bring your you you bring you you bring your thought life into captivity. You just can't let it roll around anywhere. How do I bring my thought life into captivity? Well, by speaking the word of God in spite of my circumstances. By realizing that God is for me. Who can be against me? God is for me. How do I know he's, how do I know he's for me? Because he died for me. He rose from the grave for me. Hallelujah. He ever lives to make intercession for me. What's he doing in heaven right now? He ever lives to pray for Gary. Hallelujah. How can you lose? The only connection here that you always need to remember is uh, Hebrews 11.6. Without faith, it's impossible. You've got to believe that he exists. That's, that's easy. But that he's a rewarder of those. A rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Amen. So keep your mind on spiritual things. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. I'm going to read it out of the NIV. Forgive me. 
We call it the nearly inspired version. Yeah, we didn't know back then. We just we called it the Dota's Bible after we started reading the notes. But but here it really helps. He said, therefore, there is now no condemnation to those that are where? In Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free. Everybody say free. Free. From the law of sin and death. You're free. Free tonight. You're free tonight. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did it by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteousness requirements of the law might be fully met in you, in me. Who do not live according to the flesh. This is it. You're not living according to the flesh. You're living according to the spirit. Come on. If he mentions the spirit that many times in one chapter, he wants you to know that this is how you're led. You're, you're not led by the flesh anymore. You're led by the spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. And so, and so you sit around, you, you, you know, you, you, the desires of the flesh, the pride of life, are things, that, are things that you look for if you don't do Philippians chapter 4. If you don't do that chapter, if you do Philippians chapter 4, you'll be fine. You really will. So, what does that say, Pastor? <laughs> well, in verse 11, it says, I've learned to be content. In, ver in verse 11, it says, is that what it says? I'm kind of getting discombobulated here. Yeah, learn to be content. Well, I'm going to go there. Well, let me finish reading the NIV first in order that the righteousness requirement of the law might be fully met on us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Those who in the flesh mind the things of the flesh, the desires, but those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on spiritual desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death. Why? Because the law of sin and death. The mind that's governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is what? Life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God, and it doesn't submit to God's law, nor can it. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, you, however, you, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, and He does. Yes, He does. Verse 10, but if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives light, life because of righteousness. And the, if the Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of mortal bodies. And that because of His Spirit living in you. Wow! Come on, Hallelujah! Hallelujah! 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord sometimes. He wrote this from prison. He wrote this from a prison cell. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your bodies, rather present your bodies, present your requests to God. I'm still in the NIV. Excuse me, I don't like that. Back to King James here now. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing. Nothing. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Why are you thanking him? Because you know he hears and answers your prayer. So whatever it is you believe in God for, keep believing. Receive it now. And have it delivered later, whatever you got to do. <laughs> yeah. Be careful for nothing. No anxious thoughts. Just peace. Come on, labor. He says in Hebrews 4, to labor to enter into his rest. In verse 11 and in verse 12, he says, for the word of God is alive. How do I enter into this? His word is alive. His word is living in me. Hallelujah. His word became flesh and when I took it in as well. It became flesh when I took it in as well. His word is in me. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. My requests have been made known. And then what? The peace of God. This is how I know. This is how I know that I'm walking in the spirit. This is how I know that I'm not anxious in the flesh. Because the peace, is God, peace of God that passes all understanding begins to rule my heart, begins to rule my mind. Hallelujah. Through Christ Jesus. So if I'm anxious, when he says be anxious for nothing, then it's pretty easy to figure out I'm being led by my, by my flesh. I'm walking by sight instead of walking by faith. And, and I know I have faith because he's given everyone the measure of faith. And so I need to exercise that faith and not throw it away. Faith that fizzles has a flaw, somebody said. The peace of God that passes on his hand and keeps my heart and mind. Finally, brethren, whatsoever, whatsoever things are bad, whatsoever things are COVID-19, whatsoever things are going on in the world, whatsoever things going on in Afghanistan, Whatsoever things are true, that's the word of God. Whatsoever things are honest, that's the word of God. Whatsoever things are just, that's the word of God. Whatsoever things are pure, that's the word of God. Whatsoever things are lovely, that's the word of God. What's, <laughs> what's, a, what's a good report? No, but listen to this part. Whatever is a good report, not a negative report, whatever is a good report, whatever the good report is, in the world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer. That's the good report. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world for you. 
Don't, don't meditate the bad report. That's walking in the flesh. It's very simple. Hallelujah. And complicated. <laughs> Whatsoever things are true, honest, just, pure. Whatsoever things are lovely, a good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on what? What are you thinking about? You see, because if you're not controlling your thoughts, who is? And that's why he would say, take no thought by saying, what shall we eat, what shall we wear, when he talked about it in Matthew chapter 6. How I take a thought is by giving it voice. If I don't give it voice, it'll die. Because whatever you speak, whatever you speak to, you bring life to. If you, bring, if you keep talking problems, they start to grow like weeds. But if you keep talking the word of God, it grows. Those things which you, so if there be any virtue of any praise, think on these things. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. But I, rejo I rejoice greatly that now at last you care for me as fullers again, where for you lacked opportunity. He said, but here, look at verse 11. I don't speak about wants. I don't speak about wants. Why? Because the Lord is my shepherd, I do not want. Because I delight in the Lord and he gives me the desires of my heart. Hallelujah. Because he supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So my needs, wants, and desires are all wrapped up in him already. All I have to do is rest. There's no struggle in being a Christian. The struggle is in trying to satisfy the flesh. He said in verse, yeah, so... He said, he said in verse 11, I don't speak in respect of want, for I have learned. See, you can learn this. Say, I can learn this. I can learn, this. I can learn that whatever state I find myself in, I am content. I know how to abase when things are going good. I know how to abound. Everything in all things I am instructed both to be full and hungry, both to abound and suffer need. But here's verse 13. Verse 13 is a part of this. I can do all things through Christ, the anointed one and his anointing, which, if you get a good translation, it doesn't say who, it says which. I can do all things not through my flesh. This is not a flesh struggle. Through the anointed one and his anointing, which gives me strength. To totally dependent on the anointing. Totally dependent on him to do everything that needs to be done. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, Father, we just thank you tonight. We, um, we, don't, we, we walk in the Spirit. We don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. We're led by your Holy Ghost. And we receive, we receive Romans 8.1 now, right now, up to date now, there is no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. I'm in Christ Jesus because the law... Come on, the law of sin and death can't touch me because I'm in, the, I'm in Christ Jesus. I'm in Christ Jesus. I've been freed. I've been, say this with me. I've been freed, I've been freed. from the law of sin and death. Sin and death. I'm a freeborn Christian. Free Hallelujah. And I can do all things through the anointed one and his anointing, which gives me strength. Amen. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. 
For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.